Hello and welcome to Growing Up Johnson. Thank you for joining me on this journey of mine as I look back at some stories of my childhood, teenage years, and of course the crazy life I'm currently living. Hope you enjoy listening to these stories as much as I enjoy telling them. So here we are, we're at end of November already, if you can't believe it. Excuse me, not November, October, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, my favorite time of year, even down here in Arizona, where there's really not much of a fall, we get some great weather, uh, but you don't get the leaves changing and the uh, the cooler temperatures and everything like that, but still, I'm doing my thing down here, uh, watching all the haunted uh, scary movies and TV series, cartoons, whatever I can watch, so I spend my nights watching those, just finished watching The Wolfman from a few years back, ben Benicio Del Toro, great little flick. Uh, so yeah, this is my time of year, and this is the second Halloween episode of Growing Up Johnson, and this time we're going to be telling a few ghost stories. Um, I have a few of those to tell, which is a lot of fun, and a few other things here as well. So <clears throat> first thing I wanted to say is I know that as far as ghosts and spirits and other supernatural things, some people aren't too keen on the idea. Some people don't believe it. And then that's totally understandable. That's your prerogative. Um, everyone kind of believes their own thing, whatever you like to do. But just know that that's what I'm going to be talking about um, for this episode. And uh, I've had a few things go down. That that's what I'm going to be talking about uh, tonight. Kind of go over some of my experiences um, I can honestly say that I believe there's something out there. I don't know what that is on the other side. If it is another side, whatever that may be, um, I don't have any answers. I just know I've had some things happen, some experiences, and I know other people I know have had the same thing. So again, fully up to you. If you don't, don't believe that type of thing, hopefully just if you uh, enjoy a couple of stories here from me, if nothing else, have a little fun with it this time of year. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is the basement of the home I grew up in. Um, this is the house my, my mom still lives in. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, you, I know you don't like listening to this type of stuff. So bear with me on this. We've already talked about it. Anyways, <clears throat> there's been a lot of experiences in that house and whether or not they're, I wouldn't even say they're bad experiences. They're just things that have happened, um, few minor things and I'm not going to tell everything some of those stories of my brothers and that's their story to tell uh, but I can just tell you a few things that occurred to me uh, while I was living down there <clears throat> for a while so first things there's a lot of or was and I'll get to that in, in, a, in a bit but a lot of shadows things moving um out of the corner of your eye, that type of thing. You're watching TV, you kind of see things. You just kind of feel like something's there. There's a lot of that happening. And even some of my friends will say that as well, that they've kind of, that there's something back there, whatever it may be. So that's one thing. Um, but as I've been down there, there's been a lot of instances where uh, some presences, if you will, um, just laying in bed, you just kind of know somebody else is there. Again, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's just a feeling you have. You just have that sense of somebody else being in that room with you. Um, I know some of my friends have felt like they've had, when they've 
you know, accidentally falling asleep over there, whatever the case may be. You know, they'll wake up but not be fully awake, but they'll feel like there's somebody right there next to them watching them or staring them in the face or something like that, you know, right up next to their face. Um, you know, and just mostly those feelings of, you know, when you are walking up the stairs, you feel like you need to run rather than walk just because you don't know what's coming up behind you. Yeah, you know that feeling. <clears throat> um, a lot of that type of stuff. So, again, not necessarily anything bad, just something there. Um, one of the things that, you know, down there, I have a friend, uh, I haven't talked to him in a bit. What's up, Brian? Um, he kind of sees him, you know, he's a bit of a, I don't even want to use the word psychic, but in tune with the other side, if you will. Um, he's done a few tarot card readings for us, which are pretty eye opening and enlightening to say the least. Um, but I was asking him about that, those feelings we used to have in that house and kind of some ideas of what it might be. And he kind of gave me the impression that there was um, somebody from late 1800s, I guess, if you will, almost pioneer eras um, in the home. My wife kind of lovingly <laughs> started calling him Jedediah. So that's kind of the name we kind of stuck with. So Jedediah is there in this house and, and, he essentially, what I was told, was afraid to leave the home or the property because um, his daughter, little girl, had died in a nearby creek. Um, I don't know exactly where that creek was. It's been a few years since I've talked about this, but um, or not necessarily a creek, but possibly a body of water, maybe a well. I'm not sure what all is out there, but... He's essentially waiting for his daughter to come home to him, and that's why he's afraid to leave the property. He hasn't gone over and crossed over onto the other side. Um, so my friend kind of gave me some suggestions on how to help him cross over, if you will. One of those is to have him look up. Oftentimes the light, quote-unquote, that you talk about or you always hear about is above, and you tell them to look up. They see the light. gives them permission to cross over. Um, of course, I tried that. And then just to be sure, I basically escorted Jedediah out the back door, basically giving him permission to leave and to kind of move on and, and do that. And so I basically just kind of literally walked him out the door and said, go on your way. And ever since then, to my knowledge, um, not much has ever happened. My wife has ever felt anything weird or different after that. Um, and even when we've been over there, those feelings of being watched or having somebody in the room with us kind of went away. So whether or not I had anything to do with that, whether it's all completely um, psychological, big part of it, you know, it's again, it's what you believe. Um, but we kind of feel like we kind of did some good. So if we helped Jedediah cross over, then so be it. We did our job. We, you know, whatever the case may be. Um so another thing that we did in that conversation with my with my friend who's in tune again, um, it kind of happened in that same conversation. He kind of kept getting this feeling or uh, a nudge from the other side talking about um, a doll, a porcelain doll. And he couldn't figure out what this was trying to tell him, but he just kind of ha kept having this doll. And he even said... I'm getting the name Patricia or Patty or something to that effect. 
Now, there's no one in my family named Patty or Patricia. We don't, so that didn't come, you know, no grandparents, aunts, uncles, or anything like that. that even look back a while, there's nothing there. <clears throat> so I couldn't quite figure out what this was, but he kept talking about this doll. Uh, he even talked about being in a little sailor dress, that type of stuff. Couldn't figure out what it was. So I was talking to my mom, and I said, hey, does this even remotely sound familiar about this doll named Patty or Patricia or whatever it may be and she said yes I have a doll stored in uh, it's in a dresser back in the back bedroom that was hers as a little girl and its name was Patty so I went and took a picture of this doll and sent it to my friend and that's exactly what he was seeing was this doll named Patricia in a dress he even talked about the eyes how they would open and close you know those old dolls as you lay it down the eyes would close and, and everything like that so it was just really freaky even he was freaked out by this whole thing that um he was able to pull this together so it's kind of funny to hear somebody's in tune if you will again being surprised by what they're even coming up with so just a little freaky to have that happen i still have no explanation to that other than he really was uh getting impression from somebody whoever that Maybe we don't know who it was. He wasn't able to kind of nail that down for me on who it was. that was talking about this doll or the reason why this doll kept coming up. But we still kind of mention Patricia every once in a while that she kind of pops up. And it's a little, a little weird. So let's talk ghost hunting now. Um, last, you know, for, for a long time, I watched a lot of the, the ghost hunting shows you see on TV, you know, ghost hunters and, uh, ghost adventures. And I know that they're really cheesy and overdone and overproduced and probably fake, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, you know, some of the stuff, maybe they can fake some of it. They can't, I don't know. I'm not going to sit and try and judge those. I think they're just entertaining and entertaining and that's what they should be viewed as as entertainment however there's been a couple times um that i went out on a ghost hunt with some friends um a couple ghost hunts i've actually been on three or four of them and for the most part you know there was not anything major that happened you know you might feel like you've seen something or you heard something or you know you're that type of situation you're just putting yourself out there into a situation where it's pitch black it's in the middle of the night you're sitting there in the dark it's quiet basically just waiting for something to happen you're almost willing it to happen which again psychological i don't know but there's been a few instances on these ghost hunts where i just i have no other explanation um for what happened other than somebody else was there so the biggest one comes from our time we went out to a place called Asylum 49. It's out there in Tooele, Utah. Um, it is a haunted house. A little bit of history on this built place. It's, it is currently a haunted house, and it's a full contact haunted house to the point where they can touch you, they can grab you, they can separate you from your group, they can, you know, it's it's full contact. Um and, you know, that's in one half of the building. The other half is actually currently a working um, retirement assisted living center. Um, this used to be a state hospital as well. So it's got quite a history um, going back for a while. And the, and the building's old and it's dark. And, but 
this building is one of those and i know that even if you're not in tune with with the other side or believe in this stuff you it's hard to deny sometimes these feelings when you walk into a building or into an area or a room where you just get this heaviness where it's just like yeah this doesn't feel right the first time i walked into asylum 49 i felt like there was this darkness that was just pushing down on you it is not a pleasant place to be just in general you know of course then you have all the haunted house stuff the props everything sitting where there's you know hospital beds there's fake body bags there's blood splatters there's all sorts of stuff so it just kind of adds to that environment granted again again that's i think a psychological thing you're kind of creating that environment but um yeah this this building as soon as you walk through those doors is just like it's just a gross feeling um and this is actually to the point really the only time i've ever done this or started to do it i should say is before and after i'd break out the nag champa and kind of do the you know you are not welcome to come home with me you stay here that type of stuff basically protecting myself probably psychological but i didn't want to take any chances so that's something i did before and after going into this this ghost hunt so the way these would work um with the group that we'd go to we'd go sit in the waiting room essentially for this haunted house this is where they would put everyone just kind of give them the rules um kind of a basic rundown of what to expect and a little bit of history of the building that type of stuff and the the group we were with the tour guide ghost hunt guide he would basically kind of do the same thing give us an expectation of what to expect in this building um some of the past experiences pictures uh, a little history that type of stuff um so everyone again just kind of had an idea of what was about to happen what they were going to go through <coughs> excuse me so as we're sitting there we're all kind of separated off door groups there's probably 15 of us there um like i said we're all kind of separated off i'm sitting by my friend and as i'm sitting there listening to this and again they're up there showing these pictures of apparitions and playing videos of spirits and hauntings and that type of stuff so again creating that mood um so as I'm, I'm sitting there in my chair and as he's going through this i i feel this i guess it's a hand i a hand grab my ankle and not full-on like grab it like i'm angry i'm gonna shake it, I'm a tight grip it was basically like somebody just kind of placed their hand around my ankle and just kind of held on to it and I kind of you know shook my ankle like you know, like what's that that feels weird you know maybe my sock is falling down whatever the case may be so I you know kind of reached down and scratched it fixed my sock everything was good a couple of minutes later as the guy's going on educating us the same thing happened I feel this hand basically this grip just pressure around my ankle and I'm like okay this is weird and so I looked over at my friend I'm like are you kind of feeling anything weird or anything like that she's like no i haven't that's new to me i haven't felt anything like that i'm like okay that's weird all right so fast forward a couple minutes as the uh ghost hunting guide kind of gets to the the history and some of the things we might see on this place he starts talking about a little girl and i'm drawing a blank on her name i want to say it was sally but that's kind of a really generic name i know but that's what's coming to my head is, is sally but little girl like roughly about 12 years old several encounters with different people um but 
she essentially likes to hide in the hallways um, under, underneath chairs, underneath you know some of the props. They have a lot of gurneys and that type of stuff. She likes to hide under there and grab people's ankles. So naturally, I'm thinking, hmm, I think I just met Sally. Having that happen twice, you know, and I talked to the guy afterwards and I kind of told him my experience before he even mentioned that this girl, he's like, yeah, that would be her. She likes to, we found, come into this waiting area as we're doing this and, and do that. It's happened on multiple occasions where somebody has felt like somebody's grabbing their ankle and kind of, you know, some people have said they actually feel like they're pulling it under the chair, that type of thing. I didn't get that much of it, but it's just basically somebody holding on to my ankle and just kind of not letting go for a bit until I adjusted my ankle. So, again, coincidence, I, it's a feeling I'll never forget. I can tell you that much. Again, whether it's mental, psychological, whatever it is, I don't know, but that's an experience I will never forget having that it was enough for me to notice it and to question it, um, especially not having any history of of that place and and some of the characters, so to speak, that are there. So you know, I don't know. Um, quick little funny story while we were there at Asylum Forty Nine. Again, as you're doing this ghost hunting, a lot of it is sitting quietly, waiting, listening. Uh, you know, we've got our cell phones out during voice recording as you're talking to it you know you you ask you know is anyone here do you want to talk to us you know come talk to this box in my hand you have to basically pretend like they've never seen a phone before because you never know how old they are that type of stuff it's just a lot to take into account sounds goofy but it's what it is so there's a group of us about five of us sitting in one of the rooms from the haunted house uh basically set up like an uh, a room kind of modeled after the exorcist so there's a bed in the middle of it and we're all kind of sitting sitting around that bed kind of on the floor and we're just kind of sitting there quietly listening and as we're sitting there my stomach growled insanely loud i mean it was like embarrassing loud and one of the other people across the room i i had met them just that night so basically a stranger to me, I don't know who they were. She basically was like, did you, did you guys hear that growl? And it took me a minute to realize that she heard my stomach growl. And she was thinking she heard some demon spawn from under the bed. I don't know what it was. Thinking that's what she heard. So she started panicking, freaking out that she's, you know, going to be in trouble. And I was like, I had to speak up. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. That was my stomach. So funny things happen on ghost hunt so moral of that story is always eat before you go to these things because you never know when you're going to eat it's actually exhausting again whole other thing but always eat before you go on a ghost hunt that's what i learned and it was quite funny looking back on it and once i told her that's what it was and she got kind of bugged at me but at the same time it was really funny with that so one other ghost hunting quick ghost hunting story um one of the first ones we went on uh, with this group was up at the Fort Douglas um, Museum up in Salt Lake City, just kind of by the University of Utah campus. This is a fort that had been used um, for quite some time. It had been used for a variety of different things, medical and, you know, an actual check-in, check-out base, that type of stuff for recruiting. And it has quite an extensive history that dates back to, obviously, pioneer times. 
um, if not a little bit further, I can't remember. But they have a lot of um, different buildings, you know, libraries and uh, meeting halls, that type of stuff. It's kind of spread all over the place. And we were in almost like, um, I don't know what to call it. I would almost call it like a, a mess hall type thing, but it you know has like a gym floor, almost like a ballroom, has some windows. But it's basically just a giant open room, probably 100 feet, 150 feet long, maybe 25 feet wide. Just an open hall. And they had some chairs and tables set up in the center where they've held some banquets and that type of stuff. And so we were all sitting around there, again, a group of maybe five or six of us, and just kind of talking to the spirits. Like I said, what you would do is you turn on your cell phone as, as a, basically doing a voice memo and you just talk to them. You know, is anyone here with us? Anyone want to chat with us? Do you know your name? Um, just some general questions just to kind of get a baseline, that type of thing. So we were doing that. And the lady next to me, again, I was a part of our group. It was actually for work. Um, so it was actually some residents from the community I worked in. She was with us, and I'd met her like, like I said, just that night, just that night. And as we're kind of going through these questions and everything like that, she was sitting next to me. I kind of see her kind of perk up um, to my side, and she kind of sat up straight and just kind of, you know, was looking around but only using her eyes. You can kind of picture that. So her head was not moving at all, and you could see her eyes kind of going back and forth. And I just kind of said, "Are you, are you okay?" And she just looked at me and said, no. And I said, well, what's going on? You know, kind of talk to me. Let's figure out what's happening. And she said, there's somebody behind me. And I said, no, there's there's no one there. She's like, no, there's somebody behind me. They have they have their hands on my shoulders. And I said, okay, there's there's no one there, but let's, let's kind of talk through this. So we started asking questions again. You know, are, are you touching this young lady? You know, do you have a message for us? And he's asking me. And she said that just stood there, didn't grab, you know, didn't pinch or pull or, or you know, wasn't a, a mean grip or wasn't a violent grip or anything like that. She said it just felt like somebody was just holding on. You know, if you walk up behind somebody that, you know, you know, and just put your hands on your shoulders and, you know, that type of all it was. A very, I want to say friendly, but, uh, you know, again, not violent or angry or anything like that. And, but the entire time we were there, probably a good five almost ten minutes this being whatever it was just kept holding and she could she could physically feel when they finally lifted off it wasn't just like a slowly fading away she said it felt like they just lifted their hands up and they were gone we we never got any um voice recordings this you know the evps the electronic voice phenomena we never got anything, so we never got our replies. We don't know who this was or anything like that. And again, just like Asylum 49, um, the Fort Douglas Museum has a lot of their usuals. They've got like five or six of them that are there a lot. And they've, you know, had conversations. Some people have talked to them. You can use flashlights. There's different ways of doing this. And they've had these conversations. And this is again not the first time that somebody has had somebody grab their shoulders like that so it was just kind of a cool experience again that one wasn't mine personally but i was there to witness this person's reaction which was kind of cool and, and talking to her afterwards she's like i didn't feel bad or angry or violent or anything like that it was just kind of there which is 
which is kind of different. But anyway, those are my ghost stories that I have. Um, like I said, I know some others that are pretty freaky that happened to some acquaintances or even one of my brothers. He does not like to talk about the story that much, but his story is really, really creepy. Um, my brother Cameron. So if you ever can get him to tell his ghost story that he had happen over in Colorado, definitely do it because it's, it's dark. <laughs> it's a little freaky, but um, I love ghost stories. So if you have some, I would love to hear what they are. Um, track me down on Instagram. Um, if you'd like to comment, find me on Facebook as well. Um, I like ghost stories. So please hit me up with them. Um, on Instagram, it is growing up underscore Johnson. Um, give me a like, and like I said, give me a comment. I want to hear those ghost stories. Pass them along to me. Um, and as always, it, you know, be sure to subscribe to growing up Johnson on Google podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and of course all the other ones, um, subscribe to that. So you can kind of get notified when, and if I do new stories, I'm a little sporadic these days, but life is busy, but, uh, you know, with just a few days left to Halloween, hopefully you guys have a safe and fun holiday. Uh, if you're at the colder climate, stay warm. Um, be safe. Eat all the candy. Watch all the scary movies and the TV shows. And uh, enjoy the season, everyone. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye.